afternoon, Seven Investors. Welcome to the pre-Thanksgiving edition of Seven Investing Now. My name is Daniel Brooks Klein, but you can call me Dan. It is the day before Thanksgiving. Austin Lieberman, today is an excellent day to be an investor. That's true every day, but it is a terrible day to be a turkey. Austin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Uh, everyone's just stuck with you and me today. We keep doing these Florida-only shows. It's starting to look like this might be intentional. Uh, you're in charge of scheduling, so <laughs> I, I like what you're. I like what you're doing, Dan. It is Florida-only today. Uh, half our team is traveling. A couple of members of our team are incapacitated for, on, let's call them non-pandemic-related reasons. Everybody's all good, but yeah, it's too just- much turkey. It is just you and I today. This is Seven Investing Now. We're going to cover the news of the day, but with a long-term perspective. We are, of course, an interactive program. We're coming from a new platform today, so I have no idea how many of you are watching. I used to be able to see that. I can no longer see that. Feel free to put your comments in. I'm guessing we're not going to have a giant audience because, as I just mentioned, it is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. This is a travel day for a lot of people. But we're going to start with our top story. Then we're going to go to what we're watching. Uh Top story, of course, is the Dow closed over 30,000 yesterday, and CNBC had a story that that might get new investors involved. Uh, You know, people are going to see that they're missing out on gains, and they're going to rush into the market. Austin, are you worried that newer investors, let's call them what they really are as traders, will have the wrong impression of how investing works? Yeah, I think, Dan, I mean, that's always sort of a, a worry that I feel like that happens in different segments of the market all the time. Um, it, it could be uh, maybe new investors in cannabis or new investors that are chasing after EV type companies or whatever. But right now there might be a, a little bit more fear that that could be like market wide, right? Especially with everybody mostly at home, or at least they were and nothing better to do than apparently invest because it looks like everyone's in the world started investing over the last um, six months. But let me jump in. Last thing I was going to say, Dan, is is this is the time to make those mistakes, right? If you're a new investor, because uh, over the long run, that's far less damaging than if you were to make big mistakes early in your or or late in your investing journey. So if it happens, then hopefully people just learn from it. You know, I've, I've made plenty of mistakes. It's also worth noting you don't have to mistakes. You don't have to chase the latest electric vehicle stock. You're, there's a big difference between being a trader and being an investor. And we talk about this all the time. This is one of the core principles of 7investing. You buy good companies, you hold them forever. You don't worry about the 5% change, the 10% change. You don't worry about a 50% change. If you're buying a good company, you can just hold on to that good company. Austin, how do you teach the right lessons when people are making money buying stocks they don't know anything about? Yeah. And, and that's super tempting. And, and we just talked about it a little bit, right? Like maybe it's it's the hot EV company or cannabis or name that sector, right? And the thing that that I just try to remember is I don't, I'm not going to own every company that is a great performer. I'm probably not even going to own the best performing companies because a lot of times those are like micro cap companies that are going up for all the wrong reasons. Um, and and what I try to do is is look at history and, and basically like figure out what is enough and reference uh, an example that uh, is is from five companies that were pretty solid companies and everybody knows about. So I just go back ten years and I look at ten thousand dollars if we were to invest that in Amazon, Google, Netflix, Starbucks, and Apple. And we 
this is hindsight bias, right? We know those are great companies, but they were great companies 10 years, 10 years ago. So if we had this, this strategy of just buying great companies, not the secret little companies necessarily, but just great companies that we interact with all the time and holding on that $50,000, if we would have done 10,000 into each of them 10 years ago, would be worth over $500,000 today, just buying and holding. So sure, uh, I would have missed some you know, exciting hot sectors or stocks or whatever, but that, that type of return would be good enough for me. And those companies are simple, good companies and easy to understand. And Austin, is it realistic to say, because I feel this way, if you bought $10,000 worth of all of those companies right now, there is a pretty good chance that 10 years from now, maybe you won't be looking at that huge a return, but you'll still be looking at a market beating, very strong return. Yeah. Uh, those are five solid companies and uh, they're much larger now than they were 10 years ago. So of course we shouldn't expect that type of return in the future from those five companies. Uh, but the, your point is a good one. They've been great companies for decades and they'll probably continue to be great companies and investing can be that simple that uh hugo rio 212 says some people will get burned yeah they, they will and austin put it in our notes here investing doesn't have to be complicated you could just buy really good companies and do nothing uh, uh silver trap says buy hold but verify and yeah a little bit you do need to you know check in every now and then cuz you know maybe you own Starbucks and 2 years from now the CEO changes and the new CEO says you know I'm going all in on tea I'm going to get rid of coffee well that would change your investing thesis i i picked that as an example cuz it's such an absurd example as we close out this segment Austin what's the biggest mistake you want to warn new new investors uh, new traders we don't like the term traders but that's what a lot of people are doing what's the biggest thing you're going to you'd like to warn them about yeah. Uh, as usual with my answers, I'm going to, I'm going to give you more than one answer. So I'm going to give you more than what you asked for. Dan. I don't follow directions very well, uh, <laughs> but you know, don't use margin. And, and so we just talked about this, right? Like we can afford to make mistakes uh, that, that happen normally, um, but don't use margin or at least, you know, not significant amounts with it, or, or maybe none at all, if you're not familiar with it. Um, and don't risk losing money that you don't have, or that, you might need in the next couple of years. We talk about that as one of, one of our principles all the time. We're investing for at least three to five years. Um, but an, another huge mistake is to listen, I, I think, to all the naysayers out there that are saying we're another uh, .com, we're in another .com bubble or we're about to have another crisis just like 08, 09. Um, those, those things are extremely rare. They're, they're going to happen again at some point, sure. But if you look, great companies did fine if your holding period was long enough through those. And as long as you weren't chasing these hot ideas that didn't have any revenue and had no real business uh, and you were able to hold on, you, you tended to do fine. And, and more money has been lost waiting for the next dot-com bubble than was lost if you were invested in great companies and held on through it. Yeah, and it's something we talk about all the time here. But if you take a great company, if you take Microsoft, and you pull back on the 10-year chart, you're going to see points where it's gone down 20 30%. But over the long term, it goes nothing but up. So you don't have to worry about those dips unless there is a real reason, like a major change in operation. I'm going to throw around a mistake that I see a lot of people make, and that's chasing beaten down sectors like airlines and travel because they're cheap. Well, 
Travel is cheap for a reason. Airlines are generally bad investments, with the possible exception of Southwest overall. Uh, cruise lines. People ask me this. People know I like to cruise. They ask me all the time, should I? Is now the time to invest? And I own a tiny little bit of Royal Caribbean and a tiny little bit of Carnival. You know, we're talking a couple hundred dollars of each when I invested. And they're up crazy amounts. But both of those companies run the risk of bankruptcies, maybe dependent on how quickly they can get back into operations with vaccines and testing. So sometimes a beaten down industry is not a place you should be investing your money. We're going to get to some of your questions later. Uh, but guys, we're going to move on to what we're watching. And Austin, you have you have a couple of things here you want to talk about. The first, a little bit more in my wheelhouse. Uh, you had some comments on Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. I'll let you talk and then I'll weigh in a little bit. Yeah, I just, you know, this, this is not based on research I've done. It's just uh, a feeling that I've gotten as a consumer, really, and somebody living through and working through 2020 uh, and doing holiday shopping ourselves. I think um, there's some pretty lofty expectations out there for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. It seems like Every year, we expect we expect these companies to knock the last year out of the park, uh, and and really by like more than they did the the year previous. I think sales are going to be fine. I just think that uh, there might be some disappointments in terms of some of these uh, heightened expectation for just how massive the the sales numbers are for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And I don't think that that's a sign of a weakening economy or anything like that. I just think it's a sign of people have been at home bored buying things. Uh, there have been a lot of good deals and we just might not see as much uh, purchasing during the next you know, week or two like we normally do. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take it a step further. Black Friday and Cyber Monday are essentially meaningless this year. We've had Black Friday sales since like October 1st. You're going to have to look at the entire fourth quarter. Um, some of the places like that report Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales, I think they're going to have a really hard time uh, coming up with comparables. You know, may, maybe Black Friday sales for Amazon will be up, but maybe they'll be down across the board everywhere else. That doesn't matter if a week from Wednesday is also a big sales day. When I used to run the toy store, many of you know I used to run uh, Time Machine Hobby, an excellent toy store in Manchester, Connecticut. So if you're nearby, go visit. We did well every single day from Black Friday, which was not a, a particularly giant day. It was just like a good day for us. We grew every day from them through about January 3rd because people kept shopping because the kids got Christmas money. So I expect it to look more like that across the retail space. We're going to be checking back in on that as the month goes on or as we move into December. Uh, But Austin, you also wanted to talk about MP. That is a company uh, that you talked about the other week uh, on the show earlier this week. Why don't you give a little bit of an overview and then talk a little bit about their earnings? Yeah. So, you know, briefly, um, I love the idea of skin in the game investing, right? And we do that as a, as a service with our official recommendations for our paid subscribers. But when I talk about companies out there on Twitter, I like to also share, Hey, I own a personal stake or I don't just cause I like to be transparent with it. And I shared, uh, this week, um, why I bought shares and it's a small position, a small starter position for me of uh, ticker MP or MP materials. And I, I shared some tweets. You can, you can um, either watch our show from Monday or find out, but basically it's a, it's a SPAC that uh, Chamath brought public and the company is at the, uh, they, they claim that they're at the center of the electric transportation ecosystem and they serve as the only scaled source in North America for critical rare earth materials 
that enable the mobility of electric vehicles, drones, defense systems, wind turbines, robotics, and many other high growth advanced technologies. So I loved um, that the, there's some scarcity there. And I liked the industries that the company was selling their resource into. And with Chamath backing it, who I'm actually a pretty big fan of, that was enough for me to start a, a starter position. So I shared that out on, on Monday. Yeah, let me throw it us. And one of our uh, our comments here is asking how important management is when we follow a company. And sometimes it's the be all end all. That's from Silver Trap. Uh, if you like, if you told me right now, John Legier, former CEO of T Mobile, was going to back a SPAC, I would say, okay, here's my money because I trust him as a CEO. I would argue the same thing of, say, maybe Patrick Doyle, who used to run Domino's. There's a few people that no matter what they do, it is going to be correct. Austin, how often do you just invest based on, wow, that is someone who who I want them in charge of some of my money? Not often, but if it's the right person, uh, I'll, I'll get... I'll get close and there has to be something else there. Like, like in this case, I, I like the, uh, the growth of the demand for the rare earth materials that this, that this company produces. So there's gotta be something else there, but management plays a huge role. And Chamath, I've talked about this publicly as well. Um, and we're basically best friends on Twitter. Now, if you've seen our exchanges, uh, <laughs> he's one of those people that is a very innovative thinker and he's backed um, some very innovative companies that, that I personally own shares of Virgin Galactic um, IPOC, which is going to be basically merged with uh, Clover health and now um, MP materials. So uh, Chamath is up there for me in terms of um, somebody that's, that's that I would like to invest with and invest behind. He's a busy guy as well. Austin, you made reference to our picks. So we're, of course, the team from 7investing. I am Dan Klein. He is Austin Lieberman. There are five others on the team. Uh, and of course, our marketing department, led by Sam Bailey, who's producing this. When you join 7investing for $17 a month or $170 a year, you get access to our best pick each month. I spend the entire month, so does Austin, figuring out what my best investment is for the long term, and then I share it with you. I share it with a write-up. I share it with a video. And of course, you get all sorts of access to us. So if you would like to subscribe, go to 7investing.com slash subscribe. Of course, if you have questions for us, you can send us an email at info at 7investing.com. Com. That's the number seven investing, or you can message us at seven investing on Twitter. Austin, this is a fast paced show. We're going to do something a little different in the home stretch here. Uh, I shared a tweet the other day, uh, November 23rd, uh, from the seven investing account, and it's what investing advice are you most thankful for? And we got some really good responses. So I'm going to throw them out and just give Austin a little bit of a chance to comment. Warren Chapman says, if you only have the means to start buying one share of one company per month, do it. Once you have skin in the game, your knowledge and portfolio will grow over time faster than you think. Austin, your thoughts there. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I just clicked something. Um, thanks for the, thanks for the support and the comment. Yeah. For me, there's all different styles of investors, right? Some people might run more concentrated portfolios and own less companies. Some people might want to own more companies. And our our scorecard has actually shown our, our entire combined team scorecard is beating the S&P 500 by something around 20%. I'm not looking at it. And that's with, I don't know, over 50 recommendations. Uh, I don't even know what the math is, but basically seven recommendations since uh, a month since March. Still, you know, outperforming the S&P 500 by a lot. So you can certainly outperform the market 
with you know what some people would say is too much of a diversified portfolio. My biggest thing is just uh, own, invest in the way that you are most comfortable and then be willing to learn and change that over time. So my investing style and the amount of companies I own has changed a lot since I started investing and, and don't feel pressured to go one way or the other. You have to do what makes the most sense for you other than you know, there's some extremes there. I would never own just two companies with a significant amount of money. And I would never own a thousand companies, you know, to, to, to go to both ends of that extreme. So within norm, do what makes sense for you. Your it's your portfolio. Yeah. And I'll say that I learn as much from this show sometimes as you guys do. And I, uh, you guys by which I mean the seven investing audience. Um, sometimes I'll hear Manisha or Max or Austin pitch a stock and I'll be like, I never really thought about that that way. And then maybe I go look into it or I read more about it. And I, I've made decisions to invest in companies I'd literally never heard of. I'll point out that uh, my December pick was a stock that Simon Erickson, our CEO, had never heard of before. Gilbert C. shared with us on Twitter, time in the market is better than timing the market. It is not possible to time the market. A lot of people will say this. Oh, wait, I'm going to wait for a dip to buy. What if that dip never comes and then you missed out on owning shares of a good company? Uh, Drew says uh, he's thankful for services like Seven Investing. It feels validating when your thesis lines up with a bunch of smarties like these folks. Austin, we're the two least smart people on the team, but we have some pretty amazing colleagues. That That is correct. Yeah. Agree with everything you just said, Dan. <laughs> and uh, lots of great comments in the queue here. I am having a little bit of trouble reading them. Uh, Silvertrap says, I have a member. Love you guys. Please bring forums to 7investing. We will take that under advisement. Uh, Lewis Carruthers says he is a happy member. Back to the Twitter. Daniel Van Patter says, start investing now. That is great advice. Um there are some things you should do before you start investing. Make sure you pay off your high interest credit card debt. That's probably going to be a better return than you get in the market. Uh, make sure you have an emergency fund and then steadily and slowly invest. You're probably going to want to do a budget so you can figure out how much you're supposed to invest. Austin, any advice on people who are you know, getting ready to put their toe in the water when the stock market is at what seems like crazy all-time, I mean, they, they are actually all-time highs, but it seems like really big numbers. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, Dan, just looking at the comments, we had a question, Silver Trap um, asked, or I'm sorry, Casey Monarch asked, where do I find that information on MP? Uh, if you Google MP materials, investor relations, that'll bring you to their investor relations site. And then uh, the idea, there's, there's always reasons not to invest, right? And uh, if we're just getting started, and I'll go with two scenarios. Uh, we're either going to start doing our monthly contributions, then I would have absolutely no fear of beginning to invest and put my monthly contributions in the stock market. In my own scenario, thinking I've got you know a decade or more of, of working ahead, uh, I would just invest when I can and, and do my monthly contributions. That's uh, Data shows that that's the best way to do it. If I had a lump sum of money, I would maybe think about, um, again, this just goes back to doing what makes us as investors most comfortable. Say I had $10,000. Uh, I would maybe break that up into uh, four contributions of, Dan, we're going to show people how smart we are, uh, $2,500 <laughs> each. That would be $10,000. And then I would do the first, you know, my first investment today or tomorrow or whenever. And then I would just set a date every two months. I would do my next $2,500 and make that, uh, don't, don't leave that up to my own behavior. I would do it on, on a certain date 
every month or, or every other month or whatever I set and make it mechanical so that I don't, I don't scare myself out of getting invested. I do it a little bit differently. So I have an automatic deposit uh, into my, my, my TD Ameritrade account uh, every other week. And sometimes I'll immediately take that and buy shares of something I want to own or something I, I've told the audience I was going to buy. In other cases, I might say, okay, I'm going to let that pile up for a few weeks uh, and I'm going to buy something else. In general, I don't let it sit there more than a month because the companies I want to be invested in, I want to be invested in. And maybe I'll buy more the next time there's money in my account, but I go steadily. Austin, I'm going to take a couple more from our Twitter list, and then I'm going to let you grab some questions and comments. Uh, many of you know I had laser vision surgery, and these glasses uh, let me read, but they don't quite let me hit the mid-range of where these comments are. So struggling a little bit with that. Uh, but uh Danielle Van Patter says, start investing now. That is the best advice you could have. If you're in the right position, start investing now. On says, uh, there is always something to worry about. Avoid weekend thinking. Ignore the latest dire predictions of the newscasters. Sell a stock because the company's fundamentals deteriorate, not because the sky is falling. That's a Peter Lynch quote, and it's really important. Tune out the news. Don't worry about what Facebook is saying about the stock. And certainly don't worry about what analysts. Analysts aren't what we do. We we might call ourselves analysts sometimes, but we're not issuing short-term buy and sell. When we tell you to buy a stock, it's because we fully intend to hold it essentially forever until our thesis changes or maybe the, some, the company gets to as big as we think it's going to be. Inez says, if you can't handle volatility, do not start. Austin Lieberman, your thoughts on vol volatility? Completely normal. We talked about this before, and I shared that example at the beginning of the show. And if, if uh, you weren't watching, basically, I shared five companies, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Apple, Starbucks, and maybe there's one more bad at math. Uh, if we would have just invested $10,000 in each of them 10 years ago, you know, that $50,000 investment, which is a lot, but just for example, would be more worth more than um, $500,000 today, just 10 years later. During that time, I'm not even looking at a chart right now. I'm positive that each of those companies have probably dropped 30%, maybe even 70% in value. And so the lesson there is that volatility is normal. But if if it's volatility because it's normal market volatility or an overreaction to some short-term thing, the best thing we can do is really just keep holding shares. And if it's if we have money to buy and the company has been operating great for a decade, um, Netflix has given us a few of these opportunities, then in a short-term overreaction is a good, a good time to potentially add to a position. That's a lot different than chasing a losing stock lower, hoping it turns around. You know, a, a Netflix 20% drop on uh, missing subscribers by a, a million and a quarter or something like that is is not a a crashing failing business that's just a uh, severe overreaction at least history has shown that that has been a overreaction by people that have just a short-term investment time horizon yeah and there's a lot of money that's being invested based on short-term news so even though netflix has laid out the picture i'll continue with that example that hey we pulled forward a 20 million subscribers that we're going to join over the course of the next year. They joined early because of the pandemic. So we're going to have some quarters where we don't have massive growth. 
They tell you that, and I know it because I'm a long-term investor that follows a company from quarter to quarter to year to year. A lot of people who are just reading headlines go, oh my God, Netflix growth has slowed by 92%. It's like, well, no, not really. So you talked about retail stocks before and the Black Friday, Cyber Monday numbers. I think you're going to see a lot of retail fourth quarter reporting uh, where they had what are historically great numbers, but some analyst expected more. So the stock might go down. That might be a good time to buy those stocks. Austin, before we hit the finisher, uh, would you like to share any comments that are in the queue? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I got a question on Twitter about um, how I think about investing my Roth, like in a Roth IRA, and do I do anything different in there? I think that's a question a lot of people probably wonder about, and I'm no tax expert. This is just you know my own way of thinking about it. I really don't treat my retirement accounts uh, any different than I treat just a, a non-brokerage non, or a brokerage non-tax advantage account. Sometimes if, if I'm going to own like an income uh, uh, stock or a REIT or something like that, that pays a big dividend, then I might own that account versus a non-tax advantaged account. But other than that, I treat my retirement account, I treat them all just like Austin, uh, I'm having a little a bit of technical difficulty hearing you. Treat them both the same way. Just, are you still hearing? Yeah, you, you're you're a little bit robulated. Uh, so I don't know if that's me. I don't know if that's you. But why don't we move to the finisher, Samantha Bailey? If you want to bring up the graphic, that would be appreciated. Oh, we are having trouble. Oh, there we go. Not to be political, but what's your pizza choice? Uh, and I put up, a, a lot of people put in the comments their favorite local pizza place. The point of this was, of course, I am a huge advocate. Don't go to any of these places. Go to your local pizza place. I'm from Boston, uh, you know, Seds Harpio's, Pizzeria Regina. I, I, I worked in New Haven, Modern Pizza, Pepe's. Those are all a billion times better. Probably the whatever you live in house of pizza is five times better than these places. But Domino's took this overwhelmingly, 53.6%. 21.4% said Papa John's, 19.7% said Pizza Hut, and the 5.4 of you who said Little Caesars, what is wrong with you? Austin Lieberman, if I had to pick one on here, I guess I'd say Domino's only because it's the most convenient of all. Any thoughts here? I don't know if you can hear me, Dan, but Domino's is the best pizza in the whole world. And uh, that is the note we are going to close the pre-Thanksgiving 7 Investing Now show on. If you want to get in touch with us, there are easy ways to do that. You can send an email to info at 7investing.com. Or you can follow us at 7investing on Twitter and message us there. Uh, we are really responsive. Of course, the seven of us are all on Twitter. Now, it is Thanksgiving coming up. I'd say we might be. I know I will be. But some of the team maybe won't be as responsible as they normally are. We're not doing a show on Friday. We'll be back on Monday with more of the team in tow. For Austin Lieberman, I am Dan Klein. Have a Merry Thanksgiving and an online Black Friday. that people on this program may hold positions in the companies that are mentioned. Buying and selling stock carries financial risk, which could include the loss of capital. The views in this program should not be taken as personalized advice. 
before acting on any of the information provided, listeners are encouraged to consult a financial or tax professional.